Well, um, there is a um, an old song that we um, we sometimes sing, and it's a song that we actually all know by heart. Um, but, but it's not a very nice song, as it turns out. It's a, it's a song that's full of woe and troubles. Um, it's a song all about me. Um, it's an old arthritic song that nobody else really wants to hear. Um, but, but this is certainly uh, not a song for the, for the new year. It's January. We, we can, it's the end. It's not, January's not over. We can still think about the new year. And for a new year, we need a new song. Uh, and I think a song of thanksgiving would be best. Now, actually, the song that I have in mind is an old song, uh, but it's a good old song. It's a Bible song, uh, and Christians have been singing it for centuries, but it's still as fresh and bright as ever. Uh, King David himself wrote this psalm, Psalm 96, and that's where we're going to be looking at tonight. Psalm 96, if you'd like to turn to that in your Bibles. <clears throat> I think I left them. Um, we're going to look at this psalm in sections, in three sections, and um, reading them uh, consecutively. So let's begin with the um, first six verses of Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. So the first thing, let me say about this psalm, this song, it's a song of salvation. Verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. David is thanking God for his salvation. I can sing that tune with pleasure, and I think most of you can too. Uh, as David says it again in yet another psalm, uh, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is the God who saves. Uh, from the Sovereign Lord comes escape from from death. Uh, and you can see, though, from what we just read, that you don't need to go to the New Testament to read about this, this global offer of salvation from one end of the Bible to the other. Uh, we're continually reminded of this truth, that Jesus saves from the promise of the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head in Genesis 3, through pages and pages of prophecies 
especially in the books of Isaiah and Jeremiah and the latter prophets. When we finally do get to the New Testament, we read straight away the angelic promise to Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The four Gospels, the good news, uh, is a record of the saving life and suffering and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Add to that the testimony of the epistles of Peter, and James and John, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never spoil, perish, or uh, fade away. Kept in heaven for you. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a song. And this Savior, let us remember, is a universal or global Savior. He's, he's the Savior of the world, meaning that, that he has uh, his elect people uh, in every nation, in every tongue, in every age, um, from the garden all the way to the second coming. His kingdom is enormous. He's building his church. He's calling out his people from every corner and every nation throughout the world. Look at the, the third verse of our text, Psalm 96.3. Declare his glory among the nations. Goyim, uh, you know, it's, it's among all the nations. Uh, his marvelous work among all the people. And again in verse 10, uh, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. In fact, whenever in the Bible we read about singing a new song, whenever we see that expression, in many cases, and in most cases, it's sounding the glorious note of God's saving people throughout the world. Uh, Psalm 98, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He reveals his righteousness in the sight of the nations. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. This is no small parochial God. Isaiah 42.10, sing to the Lord a new song. What's the song? His praise to the ends of the earth. Let us give glory to the Lord and declare his praises to the coastlands. Or Revelation 5.9, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed the people from God for God from every tribe and nation and people uh, uh, and nation um, uh, Jesus uh, in fact told his disciples that they were to take the gospel the song of salvation to Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth and when the Apostle Paul traveled to Jerusalem to describe uh, God's amazing grace among the Romans to the uh, somewhat skeptical uh, leaders in Rome, uh, they finally, having heard all of the stories, declared, so then God has granted even the Gentiles uh, repentance unto faith. Spurgeon called this psalm a missionary psalm. And Martin Luther wrote of Psalm 96, this is a prophecy concerning the kingdom of God. A prophecy 
concerning the kingdom of God and the spreading of the gospel over the whole world and before every creature, which gospel will be a word of joy and thanksgiving and peace and rejoicing and continued sacrifice of praise. What a blessing it is that you and I can sing this global song of salvation in our hearts. This is a much better song than to some other songs you might be singing, even some of the ones you might come along on the radio. This is much better. And um, it never gets old. Uh, and it's a blessing to share with others. Whatever falls out in this, uh, in this sad coming new year, whatever happens in our own lives, this too is happening. That the Lord is glorifying his name, bringing joy to thousands that he's wonderfully adding to his church every day. What a great song it is. Uh, and may we see it here uh, at faith. Well, for a second thing, um, this also is a song of wonder and worship. Uh, now we're looking at verses 7 to 9 of the text. Ascribe to the Lord, O family of peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble uh, before him uh, all uh, the earth. Uh, verses 7 to 9 of the psalm. In these verses, we're urged to recognize the splendor and the majesty of the Lord. We're exhorted in the psalm to be careful to ascribe or to credit or to set down or to impute or to attribute or attribute uh, all glory and all majesty and, and all strength and all faithfulness and all beauty uh, to our Savior. To give all the glory to God. That's the spirit of thanksgiving. And, and we know that God is actually jealous for his glory. Uh, for, for my own sake, for my own sake will I act. For how can I, how can I, my name be profaned and my glory I will not give to another. Isaiah 48, 11. In fact, it's a wicked thing. It's a perverted thing um, to give the glory and the credit for all the beauty of creation and for everything else wonderful to blind chance or even worse, to man himself. That's crass idolatry. That is a deliberate suppression of the truth and a wicked exchange of the revealed truth uh, for a lie. And that, that is a very tired, uh, very hedonistic, bad old song. Um, we're called in Psalm 96 to speak the truth. Uh, not only to name uh, Jesus God as the essence of glory and strength and power and beauty and perfection, we're also called to worship him for all of this. We are, verse 8, to bring an offering and to come into his courts. Now that offering, more than anything else, denotes, I think, the whole of our worship to God. That is our offering. Our tithes and our, and our gifts, especially though the gifts of worshipful heart, the gifts of words of praise. Worship the Lord, verse 9, in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. And I need to say, uh, indeed, that if 
that if all of the earth is commanded to worship God, how much more so those who received the gift of God's grace, those who know his, his son, the Savior. Now listen to this um, comment made by the great Southern Presbyterian churchman, W.S. Plumer. He says, even, even if public worship is so conducted that owing to the feebleness of the minister, a right Christian may find himself but little edified, yet public worship is a divine ordinance and we are bound on several accounts to come into the courts of the Lord. Much is due to example, more to the express command of God. So, so don't blame the feeble minister if you're not singing this song. Thank God that you're here in the right place tonight doing uh, the right thing. Uh, divine worship is very self-forgetful and that's got to be good. Divine worship is more than anything else the one thing that uh, dignifies and sets apart mankind from the rest of creation, uh, especially corporate worship, uh, church worship. Uh, congregational worship of the living God. So our song is a global song of salvation. And it's a song of wonder and a song of worship. But finally, uh, this song is also uh, a futuristic song. Uh, verses 10 to 13. Reading now <clears throat> Psalm 96 beginning at verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Uh, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then all the trees of the forest shall sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So, this is a futuristic song, or eschatological song, if you prefer. It's a song rooted in the future end times justice of God, um, as we read in those final verses, especially 10 to 13. Um, the, the last uh, verses of our song, verse 13, reminds us uh, that God will come to judge the earth. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples uh, <clears throat> in his faithfulness. So it's a verse that reminds us of all, uh, that of, all the, uh, of all verses throughout many other verses similar to this in the scripture that speak of Jesus as a refining fire and Jesus as a coming judge of the earth. That this seems to say that as well. Uh, Christ church has waited long for that day. We're told in Scripture that even those who have gone before us, who are now enjoying a, a great measure of rest in heaven, are also waiting with anticipation and holy impatience. We know, for example, that the martyrs in heaven, those who have given their lives uh, for the sake of Christ, they are crying out to God uh, in heaven in a loud voice from under the throne. Revelation a 6.10, oh, sovereign Lord, despotes, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood from those who dwell on the earth? They're not concerned about 
vengeance for themselves. They're concerned about the glory of God who's been besmirched by little people. And uh, he, they're concerned for that. Say, how long, O oh Lord? How long do you fail, you fail to, to, to do this? Uh, well, of course, the Lord, uh, t- we're told they're given robes and told to wait just a little longer. <laughs> for our part, we should all be very thankful that the righteous and fiery judgments of God has been mercifully suspended during this blessed age of the Spirit, this period between the first and second coming. While our Lord is graciously and patiently offering and persuasively arguing for the gospel. While our Lord puts out his hands day and night. While he sends his prophets and his people, even you and I, throughout the world, urging reconciliation, urging salvation. But that day of justice, of which David speaks in this song, when our Lord does return, uh, to judge the earth will finally come and, and don't we know that many will be unprepared and filled, yet filled with rebellion and unbelief don't we know that, uh, that, that, that some will, will never learn this song this new song and never, uh, and never sing along uh, maybe they're offended by Jesus maybe they're offended by grace maybe they find this gospel song just too simplistic Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. That's it. For God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So simple. And yet, in its simplicity, so very humbling. In fact, we are far too dead in our sin to be saved by anything short of something uh, so simple and by the pure grace of God. That's what makes it, in fact, such a beautiful song. It's all about Jesus. There's nothing more that I can do because Jesus did it all. Saved by grace. But I think that this new song here in Psalm 96, even these words in the final verses that speak of the return of the judge. Uh, must be taken in context to, to signal more of a gracious judging than a retributive act of God. Uh, taken as a whole, uh, David, I believe, has in his mind's eye a day when all of God's creation, every tree in the forest and the roaring seas, and especially his people, will be filled with rejoicing and worship of, uh, of our glorious Savior and King. And the new heavens, And the new earth will usher in that day. Uh, Brethren, um, let's give thanks for a new year and sing. Let's sing to ourselves and to one another. And and even uh, to the the sad, slow, uh, clueless, bulky hearts of faithless family and friends who are not yet singing with us. Let us pray how we may sing to them this wonderful new song of thanksgiving and praise for a wonderful Savior, for for a wonderful life in Christ, for a wonderful promise of a wonderful day to come. Let's pray now. Lord, thank you for your word that um, that is indeed, as, as Luther once said, a royal chariot in which Jesus always rides. 
Lord, we look at this psalm and we, we see clearly uh, all of your grace, Lord. We see clearly um, uh, of, this, uh, of this Savior, of this life and this promise. And, uh, and Lord, we, we want to sing along with you. We do sing along with you. We pray that, that more and more would sing with us. Um, do it, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.